This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Listening Room. My name is Ken Young and I'm going to be playing some rather splendid music. I hope you've all had a wonderful Christmas and uh, you can sit back with a cup of tea or coffee or whatever and uh, just relax for an hour so and listen to some good stuff. Let's begin with some bark. Thank you. 
Wonderful music. That was the first movement of the suite, the orchestra suite number two in B minor, BWV 1067 by Johann Sebastian Bach. It was performed there for us by the English Chamber Orchestra, uh, directed by Raymond Lepard. You may recall a few weeks ago I played you a track off a, a favourite guitar album of mine, a wonderful Australian guitar quartet called Sapphire, S-A-F-F-I-R-E, and I played you a little bit of Riverdance. Uh, this week I'd like to play something else off that particular album. It's uh, Actually, I'll give you the title of the album. It's called Nostalgica. That's right, N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-C-A, Nostalgica. Really nice, and it's released by ABC Classics. I'm going to play this week... Uh, a Celtic traditional tune called the Sully Gardens, which has been arranged by Gareth Koch, who's a member of the guitar quartet Sapphire. Let's have a listen to that now.
What a beautiful arrangement. Uh, Gareth Koch, a, a, a member of the um, Sapphire, the Australian Guitar Quartet, and uh, his arrangement for four guitars of um, the Celtic original, The Sally Gardens, performed there by Sapphire. It's a really nice album, this Nostalgica. Um, I'm going to play more of that some other time. It's really good stuff. The other members are Anthony Field um, and Slava Gregorian and Karen Schaup, who's been here in Dunedin at least twice I know of, uh, playing with the Dunedin Symphony Orchestra. I conducted her playing the Rodrigo Concerto here, ooh, gosh, about five years ago now, five, six years ago. I think that was her last visit here. Yeah, splendid, splendid ensemble. Right, let's move on. We're going to play some Debussy now. Um, the last piece of music, actually, that Debussy completed before succumbing to cancer just before the end of World War One, was his violin sonata in G minor. It was also the last piece he performed publicly in Paris, along with a violinist, Gaston Poulet. I'd like to play you a wonderful recording from about the mid-60s by the Dutch violinist Arthur Grumio and the Hungarian pianist Istvan Hajdu. Uh, here is the first movement of that sonata in G minor by Debussy.
Wonderful. Just wonderful. It's um, the first movement of the violin sonata in G minor by uh, Claude Debussy, written in, well, it's completed in 1917. That's when it was first performed, and he uh, he died in March the following year. Let's move on. Oh, sorry, I should tell you who was playing, shouldn't I? Arthur Grumio, wonderful Dutch violinist, and uh, someone he worked a lot with and recorded a lot with over the years, a uh, Hungarian pianist by the name of Istvan Hajdu. Now let's have some Mozart. Um, he wrote 27 piano concertos all up, and this, I'm going to play you a movement from the, the, the final one, to, uh, number 27, and it was one of the last things he wrote, in fact. It was written, well, they, he premiered it on the 4th of March, 1791, which is the year he died, and uh, it turned out to be the last thing he played as a pianist in public. Um, it's got a beautiful second movement. And I particularly like to play that at this point in time. And this is a recording uh, with the Berlin Philharmonic. Uh, Daniel Barenboim is playing the piano and directing the orchestra at the same time.
I hope you enjoyed that. That was the second movement of the final piano concerto by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Concerto number 27 in B-flat, K595. It was performed for us there by Daniel Barenboim, who also directed the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. The music of Frederick Delius um, has been known to polarise opinion. It seems you either relate to it completely or not at all. For me, his best and most memorable work lies in his shorter works for orchestra. Um, quite often they're part of a larger works like this particular one is a piece called The Walk to the Paradise Garden which comes from his fourth opera uh, entitled A Village Romeo and Juliet which was written in 1901 so it's an orchestral interlude between the penultimate scenes uh, the plot surrounds the tragic young love of Sally and Vrenchen who at the end of the opera uh, drown themselves together in a very heartbreaking Liebstod or Love's Death and uh, this piece has them walking towards Paradise Garden, the Paradise Garden itself being a pub where the pond is nearby in which they drown themselves and so it's all very it's very very sad and very inevitable it's a familiar Romeo and Juliet scenario I guess so I'd love to play this gorgeous piece The Walk to the Paradise Garden and it's performed for us by the London Philharmonic. I'll just check that out. Yes, it's the London Philharmonic, conducted by one of the very best English conductors, Vernon Handley. Delius, The Walk to the Paradise Garden.
Such a beautiful piece. I love that piece. It's uh, taken from Delius's fourth opera, the, A Village Romeo and Juliet, and it's called The Walk to the Paradise Garden. We heard that splendid performance by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Vernon Handley. And now with uh, that and the previous work, I've lulled you into a nice relaxed state. I'm going to completely have to wake you up now, I'm afraid. Uh, this is something completely different, a real contrast. Some Pr- uh, Prokofiev, Russian composer, Sergei Prokofiev, and um, he wrote a number of piano sonatas, and I'm going to play the third and last movement uh, from the mm, seventh sonata in B-flat. And it's not very long, but it's frenetic and technically crazy to play. Um, and I'd like to play this exceptional recording by one of my favourite pianists, Italian, Maurizio Pellini, a recording from 1972. And yes, so the third movement from the seventh piano sonata by Serge Prokofiev. Thank you. 
It's fantastic. It's really, really hard to play. <laughs> I've never tried to play it because I'm not a pianist, but uh, I have spoken to pianists who have done it, and they can assure me uh, that it really is quite difficult. Doesn't he make it sound easy, though? And that's quite a tempo he's taking. It's an extraordinary bit of playing by the legendary Maurizio Pellini, and that was the last movement of Prokofiev's, Prokofiev's, Prokofiev's Seventh Piano Sonata. Get it right, Ken. And that was recording uh, from 1972. He's still going, still concertizing. Well, I'm not sure what he's doing during COVID, but he's definitely still alive and playing. Fantastic pianist. Now for something completely different again, and a, a choral work um, from the 18th century. There's a, a wonderful uh, Italian composer by the name of Antonio Lotti. <coughs> Excuse me. And he was born in 1667 in uh, Venice, and stayed there most of his life he, was, he didn't die until 1740 he's sort of he served as a singer at the Basilica of St Marco in Venice one of the great cathedrals on the planet uh, served as a singer organist and for the last four years of his life as the primo maestro de cappella and it was for this choir that much of his sacred music was composed and I'd like to play you uh, one of those pieces now it's um it's the Crucifixus, which is a part of a work entitled Credo. But here is this beautiful um, Crucifixus, and it's performed for us by the Tower New Zealand Youth Choir, conducted by Karen Grills.
wonderful music. That was The Crucifixus uh, from the Credo, written by Antonio Lotti. And it was performed for us then by the wonderful Tower New Zealand Youth Choir, conducted by the equally wonderful choral conductor, Karen Grills. We've got time for one more piece, and I'm going to finish with a Kiwi piece, written by our finest composer, Douglas Lilburn. And um, it's a very festive overture. Um, in fact, it's entitled Festive Overture. It was written while Lilburn was studying with Vaughan Williams in London in 1939, when the composer was only 24 years old. And it's rather a splendid piece. I think you're going to enjoy it. Here's a recording from 1985 with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra, conducted by John Hopkins. When I've pushed the right buttons, it will do that for me. Just push that one and that one. And there we go. Here we are. Festive Overture. Thank you. 
Cool piece. That was the Festive Overture by New Zealand composer Douglas Lilburn, and it was played by the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. In fact, I was playing tuba in that very recording, made in 1985. I remember that recording session. It was in the Wellington Town Hall. And a little ripper. Anyway, uh, that's what we've got time for today, I'm afraid. Um, I've really enjoyed your company, as usual, because it's just no good, no people out there listening, and I... Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I look forward to uh, joining you again next week on uh, here in the listening room on ORFM. Take care, everybody. Bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.